0: This is the Unrationed Podcast. My name's Evan.
1: I'm Josh. And I am Tony.
0: And we will begin our podcast with our wild moments from the week. Tony, would you kick us off?
1: Yes, yes, I will. And Evan, you and I were texting about this last night where um, I'm a huge fan of Wes Anderson in general and specifically the fantastic Mr. Fox. A an animated film from I want to say that's from 2009. And is that
0: an animated or stop motion?
1: Is stop it? motion. Stop motion. Okay. Stop, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Wasn't well, it animated stop motion? Probably. I that's, mean, is it stop motion? Wouldn't that be your little puppets? Figures. Well, the yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we'll Google it. I've, <laughs> i i'm a that movie resonated with me um in in a weird way at a time in my life where i was I, I i had given up booze and I was working as a lawyer and I was definitely feeling i was feeling better and I felt like I was moving in the right direction, but I was feeling caged and the the at the heart of that movie is this idea that well, they talk about we're wild animals uh, and, and also that, you know, like we're happiest when we're living it according to our nature. Right. And, and also there's this idea where um some of us are just air quote different. Right. And so like that was something that was resonating with me at that time as I was wearing the suit and going into an office and not feeling like I fit anyway. So my only reason for wanting to have kids was to have somebody to watch that movie with. (laughs) And then I had kids and I tried watching, I I put it on for Wilder when he was, I want to say when he had just turned three, not into it, tried it again last night and he didn't just like it. He loved it. Uh, in a way that, uh, we blew through the movie. He was riveted and it made me irrationally happy to see my son um <laughs> love loving a Wes Anderson movie. So I think we'll try Royal Tannenbaums next week and see <laughs> how see how that one does. But it was yeah, I mean, and what's wild about watching a movie, right? But it is like that movie is one that I've referred to. A lot, and I'm, frankly, it does stick in my mind as, as just this affirmation that like, we're better when we become wilder versions of ourselves. And you know, part of my thinking and naming my son Wilder was, you know, his middle name is Anthony. Right? That's our mechanics in my family, where the son gets the father's name as a middle name. And I want my son to be a wilder version of his father. Yeah, that one where he is he's more comfortable in his own skin and just doing his own thing and doesn't doesn't go the route that I I went for too long of being motivated primarily by what was safe, uh, quote unquote, and let's say what was expected. I I went I went a route that did not fit me, right? Because I was, I wasn't, I wasn't living according to like who I am, right? So there you go. That's a, how's that for you a while.
2: That movie is as well. I remember still, like in our living room, me, you, Laura, and there was somebody else with us, but we
1: watched Fantastic Mister Fox. Yeah, I believe it was The Rock. I believe The <laughs> Rock was there with us. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I wish I had a a meaningful movie that I want, or more meaningful, I should say, because the movie I've imagined watching with my son whenever he's the right age is Dumb and Dumber. Police
1: Academy. (laughs) Oh, Dumb and Dumber?
0: Yeah, Dumb and Dumber.
1: That's even better. That is awesome.
0: (laughs) It doesn't seem as meaningful, but I do hope to laugh at that movie with him one day. And and that is the one I think I've laughed at with my dad the most uh, in, in our lifetime when I was younger. So
2: it's good stuff. Before I went to bed last night, I couldn't stop thinking about Zoolander because our my new <laughs> baby girl, Nora, was like laying in bed and she just had these like pursed lips. And I just could not stop thinking about Zoolander when he's like in the bar and he like coughs and he's like, I got the black lung pop and <laughs> just kept saying that in my head before I went to bed.
0: Oh, that's good stuff. How about you, Evan?
2: What's your wild moment?
0: I hung some Christmas wreaths on the house and climbed a taller ladder than I've climbed in a long time. And it there's something about being I mean, it was it was, you know, I'm gonna say it was dangerous, but to the extent that it was actually dangerous is probably objective. It, the feeling you get when climbing up a ladder that's just leaned against a house is odd. And I don't think I had that feeling when I was younger. It was like, I would climb anything and not yeah. think twice about it. And now, you know, my wife and one kid are holding the ladder for me at the bottom to make sure the base doesn't move. And like, I really need to be careful. It's more intentional with my steps. Yeah. So and in a sense that it made me more aware of the present moment, that was a wild, <clears throat> that was a wild moment for me. Just climbing up a ladder and hanging wreaths on the
2: windows. Nice.
0: Yeah. What about you, Josh?
2: Um, yeah. Last week I got on in, on a couple of runs outside, which was nice. And I, I took both my dogs. Um, and I think my wild moment was realizing how not wild i've been over the last month like i've been working on house projects and and uh, all that stuff getting ready for the baby and i was just like out of shape i was like gas going up this hill that normally like i cruise through and you know taking my dogs and you know i got this little one that's like pulling me forward and i got the old one that's like slowing me down and was like man this is a really like interesting you know i find myself right in the middle where i'm like i want to walk a little bit um but anyways I kept on running and it was good but it was a very clear sign that I'm getting older and I need to work out more.
0: Is there a way I'm I'm asking this selfishly and using the podcast to do it in case anybody else is training for a long run of sorts. I'm running my first marathon in February. Yeah buddy. Is there a way Josh that you've learned to and it's worth noting you've run a lot of Uh, marathons and even an ultra or multiple ultras how many ultras have you ran i don't
2: know it's a good question so many that you don't know
0: (laughs) is the answer there (laughs) okay okay um is there a way to recover heartbeat without walking can you still run and recover like lower your heart rate well i mean it
2: depends it's a great question yes i think you know the short answer i think it also depends right if you're going up a hill and you got a you know you got a jog going on there might not be anything that you can do other than just walk you know um so i think it depends on you know what your baseline fitness is and what kind of terrain you're on but i think absolutely just slowing it down you don't even have to like walk right you can get, kind of get your little like light jog that is almost at the pace of a walk but sometimes it feels better to do that as opposed to just walking.
0: Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then that sparked another question for me on this, which is you mentioned baseline fitness. How do you measure baseline fitness? Do you use a metric like that somebody else has created? Or are you like, I can go run 15 miles right now without stopping. That's my baseline. And I want to get that up to where I can run. 30 or like what it, how do you measure that for yourself? Yeah, that's
2: that's a great, a really great question, which could take us on a tangent. But I always told my wife, I'm like, I want to always be able to run like a 50k, just like a drop of a, what, a drop of a hat. I'm yeah. slow right now. So <laughs> at a drop of a hat, now I don't, it'd be really painful if I went to do that right now. So I think partly my baseline fitness is comprised of mindset as well as truly, you know, how well can I run? Like Mm. what is my baseline fitness, meaning lactate threshold and taking some percentage of that. So I like to run at 32 miles. No, I'm saying 50 K 50 K would be 31 miles. Okay. 31 ish miles. And then what was your question again?
0: Uh, sorry baseline fitness like how you're uh, and you said that you would always want to you always want to be able to run a 50k so i was just calculating that in my western united states brain of how many
2: miles that is uh so yeah it's that's my loose definition of making sure that i can run a nine minute mile pace all day long you know, but also have the mindset that I could go out and run a 50k tomorrow. And those are like my two things that I use to comprise my personal baseline fitness.
0: Tony, do you have a baseline fitness number like that for yourself? I know, I remember you saying you want to run a marathon at a good clip at some point.
1: Yeah, but that's not baseline. That's like, that's like, if I'm legit in shape, like baseline fitness, I would say, it's like having my weight down around like the low one eighties or one eighty, and which requires become, some level of work. To yeah, get just it like being there means yeah that I'm okay. I'm like doing most of what I need to do, but like in terms of running, I would say it's a being able to go out and run ten miles, let's say at like a nine minute clip, and I'd say like being able to run a mile in sub eight minutes without too much trouble. Like, I would say that that's like baseline It's like, Uh, I'm doing.
0: Yeah. These are really, I've never had these, uh, this like personal metric. So it seems like baseline (laughs) fitness can be very personal objective to the person. And I've found myself this year, just being around you guys more often here on Zoom, telling my wife I wanted to always be able to run ten miles without stopping yeah. at a at a ten minute mile pace, and it's the first time I've ever said anything like that in my life. And then the other aspect was I always want to be able to do a backflip, which that at some point will have to not be the case. Um, Why? That's a good question. I tell myself that too. I'm like, at what age is it stupid for me to actually attempt it? (laughs) Uh, You still gotta teach me, dude. I think I can get to 45 for sure, and and then after 45, I'm like, I don't know if at 46 I'm gonna be saying, I'm gonna do a backflip on my birthday or whatever. Uh, I do need to teach you. I did one the other day just to make sure I could still do it uh, with my kids at the park.
2: But when I'm out with my kids jumping on the trampoline and I do a backflip, I think I'm like the coolest thing ever. I'm like, (laughs) did you see that? (laughs) Did you see that, kids? Um, I don't know why backflip is like so cool to me.
0: Yeah, Uh, me too. But uh, it probably, I don't think it's as cool to Grace. She's like, yeah, cool, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's
1: very cool that you can do that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I really just asked you, I guess, the question so that I could say. You I can, can do, do a backflip. Yeah, I'm trying to work we
2: know it Evan. every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we know your tactics.
0: <laughs> um, uh, the, I I want to do a baseline fitness episode now, and and find out some other metrics to pay attention to. Uh, anyways, okay, what we wanted to talk about today is our morning routine. Maybe the importance of morning routine for men. Why? Uh, is it maybe routines even the wrong word? why are the mornings important for men is being intentional in the morning important and what does intentionality in the mornings look like? So maybe just on a practical level for you too, do you have a morning routine?
2: Yeah. I think one, one, maybe qualifier, one point of clarification rather is I do think it's, it's what you said without having to have, morning in it right some element of routine or intentionality at some point in your day that helps prepare you for what you're about to undergo so like the reason why i give that example is this was probably like a year ago laura was starting to work nights again and she wanted to work out i wanted to work out i normally did a morning routine but like things just had to change So I tried to do my morning routine at night, which after a period of time didn't really work that well for me personally. Like, um, you know, so we just had to work through it, but at the same time, it was important enough to try and transplant that routine to somewhere else. And it was just my lack of discipline that didn't help it stick at night. But I do think sometimes we can get caught in the morning concept if that's right for that person. Um, but it is modular if you will, and you can apply it at different points, um, in your day. Now, I guess with that. Um, yeah, so I, my morning routines evolved over the years as I've had kids and just things have changed and I found like what works for me. Um, but normally my morning routine kind of, I, I say it starts the night before. So I always get like my coffee ready. So it's like just ready to, you know, hit the, hit the go button. And then I lay out my clothes in this like same spot. Um, and then my alarm goes off and I get the day rolling. I go downstairs, pour my cup of coffee and sit in the same spot on my couch. And then uh, me and my brother, my dad, or my brothers and my dad, we do this thing called Exodus 90. And so I read a reflection. I do, um, you know, prayer and meditation. And then I normally try and read for like 10 minutes or something. And uh, normally I just sit with the lights off for like 20, 30 minutes um, after that and just think, and then I start working.
0: Are you the type of person who, well, do you use an alarm clock? Yes. And just, okay. And whenever the alarm clock goes off, do you ever hit snooze?
2: Um, few and far between. I used to do it. Like I was like a cron. I would have like 16 alarm clocks. And my wife, I think, wanted to divorce me. Like when she like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I hate your alarm clock. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm going to wake up at 2 AM, you know, and I had like all this like ambition or whatever. And then it'd be like, you know, five seventeen, and I'd finally get out out of bed. But, uh, I did read a book called miracle morning that did like help shift my mindset towards it a little bit. That was like seven years ago. Okay. And, uh, I'm more often than not a single alarm and like, I'm up pretty darn quickly.
0: Does your, does your mindset, is that a difficult switch or was it a difficult switch? And now if it's easy now was the more miracle morning, like the, what shifted? Has it always been easy? I'm, I'm asking no, these it has questions. It's not always selfishly. been easy.
2: Okay. So what? Yeah. No, it has not. Miracle morning. Definitely. I think shifted some big time okay. mindset. It was probably like three or four years ago that I feel like I got back into hitting snooze. And I'm trying to think of like, what got me past that. I think it might've been like kids realizing that, like, I got to take – if I want to prepare myself to be a better dad and, like, better coworker, I need to make that decision, one of the most important decisions of my day. Mm. Because if I'm just, like, snoozing, then I'm, you know, just basically getting off kilter from the beginning. So I think it was, like, when Jack came around um, four-plus years ago, I got back into the habit of just, like, being – you know, getting up – again, again it, it happens still, you know, sometimes I'm just tired and I want to take, a, I want to sit on the bench for a little bit longer. Um, but more often than not, I'm, I'm pretty darn good about getting up. Now that doesn't mean sometimes I do this like thing where I sit down on my couch and uh, I have like my, I'm like literally doing my like, you know, prayer and meditation. And I fall asleep. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes later. I'm like, Oh damn, that was a great nap. Um, however, so I do totally Take some naps occasionally during my morning routine.
0: Brilliant. Okay, Tony, I'm gonna shift to you. Same same questions.
1: So, I mentioned giving up booze in 2010, and it was at that time. Up until that point, I I was most definitely not a morning routine person because I was out late, you know, carousing too much. Um. I've learned the importance of getting the day started in a productive centering way and I I'm terrible at discipline and I I'm actually really bad with routines. I like with doing the same thing and this conversation is helping me crystallize something where I would say that I do pretty well on a morning routine in spurts these days. And kids have definitely, like, it just blows everything up. You know, when, say, like the our little one now likes to get up, like, she'll get up at 5.15 routine, right? So it's like, if I'm going to do a proper morning routine, I need, like, a half hour by myself, like, to Josh's point. And mine typically is going to look like, um a little bit of meditation and a a little bit of reading um and a little bit of journaling slash prioritizing for the day like getting clear on what i'm trying to make happen today what what needs to happen today to feel like i uh, made good use of the time and i have Come to love that period of time. They're just the quiet, the solitude, uh, and the chance to get moving in a way that when I don't have my morning routine rolling, it's so easy to just get going by like knocking out tasks. So, like, all, you know, just starting the day by being on the treadmill already, right? Not the literal treadmill. Um, cause also my morning routine is running, like getting out for a run first. Um, so like I did that this morning, but I didn't do any of the other stuff, but that still helps. Um, but like the thinking, okay, I'm going to start by like writing something, or I'm going to start by, um, you know, like sending a couple emails. Like it's too easy for me to fall into that in a way that. Um, it's less, chances are I'm going to get to the end of the day and be like, I let a lot of time, I think, slip through the cracks where I just, my scattered self then remains scattered. But um, but yeah, I, I would say those, say, like doing something physical, doing a little meditation, doing a little reading, doing a little like generative or nourishing writing, right? components of of my like morning routine when I'm doing it. And your days better the days that you do that. Yeah. Than the yeah, days that you don't do that. Yeah, it's a real
0: thing. Do you press yeah. news? Do you have an alarm? Pathologically.
1: Yeah. yeah, pathologically. pathologically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well but it's something I've I've been getting better this year. It's something I made some intention set some intention around improving on in relation to what we were doing with wild 32, let's say like, that's, mm. that's definitely helped. And, uh, I mean, the trick really is just going to bed at the right time. Like if I manage to go to bed, I'm, I'm getting better at going to bed at 10 o'clock in a way that then waking up at 5.00 AM is not mm-hmm. all that challenging. Right. If I'm trying to go to bed at midnight and wake up at 5 a.m., like I can do that like one day, one or two days before it gets, it starts to drag on me. Like I just, I have a hard time running on five hours a night.
0: Yeah. That stood out to me from what you said, Josh, is that my morning routine starts the night before, which does seem to align with what you're saying there, Tony, which the time that I go to bed and the preparation I put in. If I'm going for a run, set out my clothes, uh, have water ready so I don't have to prepare that in the morning. Um, Yeah, having kids has completely gotten me off track. I feel like I was a morning routine machine. Really, before I got married, I was a morning routine machine. And most of that was because I went to bed at 9. (laughs) because I would just read and I didn't have a TV in the house or like, it's just like I've, you know, had my nighttimes down and now my nights are way more fun and interesting being married and I don't go to bed at the same time. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I don't have a morning routine at the moment other than it typically starts with a kid crying because they're up and attending to that at well we're only what three weeks past time change and my son's still on our previous time schedule <laughs> so four forty-five is not abnormal at the moment for him to start yeah. making some noises and it's it's pretty frustrating not having a morning routine because of that but then I've gone through spurts where they sleep long i feel like they're it's completely dependent on my kids at the moment which i know it won't always be so hearing you guys talk about it with your kids a little bit older than but well sorry not you josh you have a uh, the youngest yeah. and the oldest now right is do you have the youngest and the oldest yeah. okay yeah um but anyways i feel like i'm rambling about my lack of morning routine
1: but well, I think that's the nature of fatherhood, right? I mean it's I I think we touched on whether we're gonna have more kids recently and and Seville and I are good with, with our two children. And part of I mean, like Josh being back into baby mode is like it's it's a beautiful thing. It's one of the best things in the world. And we are genuinely excited to be through that phase (laughs) in a way that have establishing and being able to maintain morning routines becomes reasonable again right now that our our baby is about to turn two you know like we're we're getting there we see the light at the end of the of the like baby time tunnel in a way that is yeah, we're we're excited, but we're also so old, you know, that it's like we, we need to start making use of our mornings because we're already in our forties you now.
2: <laughs> when Jack and Noah still get up pretty early too with the time change. Um, but I've tried to do this more intentionally this year, like when they come down and they always come down early. Um but like telling them what daddy's doing and like have them be a part of the morning routine. So mm. they sit in my lap and we're quiet, you know, and after we're quiet, we'll read. Sometimes I'm good about it. Sometimes I'm not, I, I need to be, I would like to be more disciplined with that because I feel like if I could give, you know, one of many gifts, like I want a morning routine or like a discipline in the morning to be something that I gift to my children as like a, a super lever in life. Or And it, again, it doesn't have to be morning, but something that is their own, that is not someone else dictating how they're going to flow through their day.
0: Yeah, It does seem like a super lever. And I would argue that it, it, I would argue that mornings are important and like they do... They yeah. are a bigger super lever than uh, any other time of the day other than the nighttime part that sets up the morning part. Uh, yeah. And so the way <laughs> that I think about this too is like, if each day is a micro life and our life is just made up of a bunch of tiny life cycles with a, a birth and a death, so a, a waking up and a going to sleep are the many births and deaths that we go through each day. There's plenty of evidence that show that the first few years of a children's of a of a child's life are super critical for how they engage with the world as an adult. And if that's true of our micro lives. So of our of our days. Then it seems as though the mornings are very critical yeah. for the rest of that micro life. Like they need to be Super. paid attention to and yeah. they need to be nurtured and they need to be cared for in a way that sets up the rest of that micro life for success. So, in it, I think we're all on the same page that we think mornings are important. Children throw that off. Josh, I love the idea of inviting our kids. Into that with us as they get to that age, even you know, I, I think I'm maybe almost there with Olive. Uh, next year would, would be like a time when I think she could really engage with something like that. Um, I'm gonna check out Miracle Mornings, yeah. And Miracle Morning, something like that. is yeah. that, yeah, okay, I'm gonna yeah. check that out.
2: I haven't ever, there's some good nuggets in it. Take what okay. you want from it,
0: cool, cool, Tony. You looked like you had something to say.
1: Wilder started doing meditations with his mother as a as a way of of centering and grounding. How old is Wilder? He just turned four. But uh, yeah, so he he knows that he can take a deep breath when he's feeling stressed and as a way to calm down. And it's yeah, it's very cute. But that's yeah.
0: that's awesome. I've. Mm-hmm. When I participate in putting Olive down to bed, we we'll like tell a story, pray for our family, and then I ask her if she wants to do what Daddy does before he goes to sleep. She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, we take take some deep breaths, and we essentially do uh, a breathing exercise because that's mm-hmm. my that was my unlock to actually getting to sleep. Uh, I would lay in bed for a very long time before. Mm-hmm. I learned just focusing on breath and paying attention to breath and doing breathing exercises uh, essentially. So we'll sit, you know, I'll I'll sit beside her bed and she'll lay in bed and we'll go. And so that I feel like, uh, you know, it's a, a version of meditation, but it is really cool seeing children mentally and physically engaged with an exercise like that, that I like your language, Josh, like we're giving them levers to to pull on that uh, can help them later in life, hopefully.
2: Yeah. I do think something that you said is like you said a mindset about the exercise. I do think that was an unlock for me in that like I never thought about the morning and I never understood why I needed something in the morning. And then once I got really clear on like the benefits of it and like why it was important for me to do that, it was a lot harder. Like I just wanted to do it because I wanted to be one of those people that woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and just like, you know, cranked all day. Right. So it was probably more of an ego driven thing as opposed to understanding the true benefits or like necessity of it. And then I think finally, once I got clear on that and I started to get excited about the morning routine right. It's like doing something good for yourself. And, you know, and, uh, then I started like really leaning into it and not having to have the alarm as much or hit snooze as much, but yeah, getting like just preparing my mind that like, I can't wait for this thing. And I'm like sold that it is the right thing for me. Um, it made mornings way, way easier.
0: Okay. I've got a few takeaways you guys add as you see fit as we end this episode. The best morning routines start the night before. Understanding why mornings are important will take you further than just wanting to do it because other people are doing it. And then in in the same takeaway there, mornings are important. Like Just knowing that they are important uh, is a takeaway inviting your kids into your morning routine is an option if you have young children uh who frustrate or seemingly get in the way of a morning routine there are jujitsu moves uh, that josh has shown us where you can invite them into it or make them stay in their room <laughs> it's like here <laughs> i can see myself saying here are your two options you can like go to your room and play or you can do my morning routine with me um, i like that yeah What do you guys have? What other morning takeaways uh, for people listening? Things that we've learned, I guess.
2: Progress over perfection. I used to be rigid. Like if I didn't wake up at 4.30, I was mad at myself. And if it was like getting to be midnight and I knew I needed to wake up at 4.30, I'd start stressing myself out. And then it'd take a long time. It's like, this is my choosing. Like, (laughs) why is this stressing me out? So just like, if you oversleep, it's not that big of a deal. Try again tomorrow. And I feel like my, like have a relationship with your morning routine, as opposed to saying it's an ultimatum, um, I think is a, a healthy thing.
1: That's a good way to put that. As I was thinking about it in terms of I, at this point I know what a pretty ideal morning routine looks like for me. And now I have not actually executed on that routine Consistently, um, other than like one period, um, over, since my son was born four years ago, mm-hmm. like I, it's that, like that one where it's like all those components, and you're waking up in time where you have enough time consistently to do all those things every morning. Yeah. Um, I just haven't found that. And to Josh's point, the like recognizing. That that's okay, and like there's not much value in beating yourself up over that. There are seasons of life, so finding like recognizing, like you're saying, Evan, the mornings are important for dictating how the rest of the day unfolds. So say, what can you do yeah. today to put yourself in the best position? Like this morning, where I woke up, I managed to I hit snooze once. I was still up at five 30 and I knew we were recording at 7. AM. So I was saying, okay, what should I do now? Let's get out for a run. You know, like I'll, I'll do that. And like, have a little quiet time and, you know, like, and now look, look how productive I am today. Look how good this is going.
0: Thanks for listening to the unrationed podcast. If you'd like to learn more about wilds and the woods, if you'd like to join us in the woods in 2023 visit wildsandthewoods.com tony looked confused as i said that like
1: well, uh, just come to my house
0: <laughs> yeah uh, tony's got a shed in the woods in canada that you're welcome to
1: at any point in time yeah we got a cotton here you can stay
0: oh